Language and Culture with Dr. J, a podcast brought to you by Kulturium.com, in affiliation with Quartile Books and Events. Welcome to Language and Culture with Dr. J. I am Dr. J. This episode is entitled From Opera to Teaching. My guest in this episode is Carl Konofsky, who is a former opera singer turned university lecturer. I am very happy to welcome Carl to this podcast. So we have Carl Kanowski with us today. Hi, Carl. Welcome. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. But well, so why don't you introduce yourself a little bit to the to the audience? What what you've studied? Where you're from? So I grew up in Southern California, uh, outside of Los Angeles, and um, I started singing in high school because I did not want to be in the band and I didn't want to do physical education. <laughs> and you had to do one of one of those. Um, so I started singing and I was in this choir, uh, we sang and danced and did some things. And, uh, my teacher then said, Hey, you know, you're not bad at this. Have you thought about studying music, studying singing? So I started taking lessons and then it, everything went in the direction of opera. That seemed to be what my voice was best suited for. And, uh, I ended up studying in Indiana at the very large Uh, music school there at Indiana University, the Jacobs School of Music. And I was there for seven years. I got a, a bachelor's and a master's. Then after that, I went and applied for work as a singer, uh, which you can imagine is uh, is not the easiest kind of job to find. And my choices at the end of my master's degree were go home to my parents, which was not a choice at all, or stay in Bloomington, which is a lovely town, but that was also not a choice. So I found a job actually teaching English in South Korea. They were, I don't know if it's still this way, but at the time, the South Koreans were so hungry for English teachers that they would take anybody with a bachelor's degree in any subject. And the fact that I had a master's degree, even though it had nothing to do with English, uh, uh, meant that I would be paid uh, an acceptable amount of money and you get a free trip to Korea. So I thought... Why not? So I lived in Seoul for a year, found that teaching was actually something I, I could do and, and, and enjoy um, uh, perhaps even more uh, and more easily than, than singing, which as much as I loved it was always stressful. And as much as I loved the music and I loved learning about the composers and, and going through the pieces note by note, um, What, what is Schubert trying to do here? Why would Tchaikovsky write it in this way and not this other way that he easily could have written it in? All of that was was fantastic. And then when I would stand up Perform. in front of people and sing, it just didn't, it never came out the way that I wanted to, that wanted it to. So, I've heard you sing and I think you're you're wonderful, so. Well, thanks, thanks. But it, it, I, I just didn't have the, the golden throat. But, but, but I know what you mean. I think yeah. it must be a very difficult, And, and, and wise and, and a realization for an artist uh, when when you when you can say sort of I'm great right it's 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 great but it's just not great enough well and, and any artistic field mm -hmm. is, is going to be extremely hard and, and you have to have I, I think a, an uncommon level of, of chutzpah and gumption mm -hmm. you have to have this this idea that everybody else who's who's not giving you work who's telling you you need to uh, fix A, B, and C, they're all wrong in some way. They yeah. just, they don't know what it is I have. And that was something I I never was able to, to muster up. And mm -hmm. I don't, maybe it's because people in authority, I, I gave them too much respect. Who knows perhaps, what it is? Perhaps, but, yeah. seeing, but then teaching ended up being something that, that I, I got a positive response for right away and, and which I enjoyed. So let's let's switch a, a, a tiny bit uh, away from from your classes to your first love, singing. Okay. What uh, you, I, I assume you've performed quite quite. Uh... Oh sure, uh, uh, I did a lot of performing in in college uh, in operas there um, in Korea. I don't. I still don't know how this happened because all of the exchanges were in Korean. Um, but somehow I ended up on a stage singing the magic flute okay. in, in Korean. In Korean? In Korean, which I'm sure was unintelligible to the people in the You audience. don't by some <laughs> chance remember this. 
Well, I, I, I sort of, because in Korea, I wanted, I still was thinking that I wanted to, after this year there, continue singing. So I, I said, well, I have to find a singing teacher. So somehow I found a singing teacher. Uh, and all of this was done through a colleague of mine at the school where I taught who spoke really fine English. And she helped me out and, and introduced me to the right people. But none of them spoke English. And I don't speak any Korean. So all of this had, all of these exchanges had to be translated. But you sang in Korean. But I sang in Korean. So my voice teacher, after I'd been with her for a couple of weeks, she said, we're doing this performance of the Magic Flute. This is all through a translator. We're doing this performance of Magic Flute, and you'd be perfect for the role of Sarastro, but you have to sing these two arias, and you have to sing them in Korean. And I said, well, I mean, I've, okay, sung, yeah. I've, I've sung in Russian, which I understand about as well as I understand Korean. So... Maybe that's the, the, the hubris of, of one's mid-twenties. I don't know. But, but I said, okay. So, um, <laughs> so you sang so in Korean. Yeah. Luckily, Korean is an alphabet. You can, you can learn to read and write it in a week. Um, and it's, it's, got, it's got vowel sounds. that it's, it's not tonal like Chinese or Vietnamese. So you can kind of fake your way through it. Bulldoze your I'm, way through yes, it. Yes. <laughs> bulldoze, I think, is a good word. And I'm sure, as I say... The people in the audience did not understand. But I was in a cast with all Koreans and I'm standing on the stage. And it was it was one of those moments where y you feel like like you're sitting as a passenger in your body <laughs> yeah. and something else is driving. Oh, yeah. this, uh, I know uh, what you mean. I know. I, I, I absolutely know what you mean. I remember standing on the stage and I'm, I'm looking this Korean woman in the face as she's singing at me. And, I, and then I sing at her and I and I remember thinking. Life is so strange. <laughs> What? How did I get here? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so okay. so yes, I have performed and in some some unexpected places as well. So how is that? How do you go about learning these lyrics in Korean or you know you said in Russian as well? How do you go about learning it? How? Who helps you? What what focus is 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 placed on pronunciation? And I ask you this. Um, And I, I'd like to sort of share this experience. Um, I took the, my my kids with my parents and my husband to the Cirque du Soleil here in Hamburg cool. to see Paramour. Okay. Um, and I thought it was. It's like based on cinema or something. Yeah, like exactly. So it's sort of it's it's a, it's a Hollywood story, okay. and it's a a new songwriter and a star uh, who who are struggling or who want to make it in in Hollywood, and right, one of the okay. one. One sort of famous producer uh, discovers her and she becomes a star and then there's a love story and da da da. Okay. But um, I thought the the acrobatics and the Cirque du Soleil itself, I mean, it was just really wonderful. It was it was done so well and it was uh, the voices were nice and everything. But and I don't, I mean, I don't want to pick on anybody at all. But <laughs> but the but the but the oh, central female role, yeah, I know. The central female about. role was unintelligible. You could not understand uh, what she was saying. <laughs> she just, you know, every time she started speaking, I just thought, oh my goodness, you could see people kind of just like, that's too bad. you know, people started talking to each other in the audience whenever she spoke and sort of, and she had a beautiful voice and, you know, but it's just, I thought, oh my goodness, what an awesome production, but why didn't somebody make sure that she yep. spoke? whether she speaks it or not is 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 is, is completely uh, out, out, you know not 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 the point but but that that what she's saying is is intelligible mm -hmm. um but but that said that that's my question i mean i guess uh we have in in, in germany there are a lot of uh, performers from from all over the Absolutely, world but yeah. I, but I, but everywhere you're going to have uh performers uh, singing in in a language that's completely foreign to them How legitimate is this? Is this good? Is this bad? I was also wondering why weren't German singers used? I can't imagine that there are not enough German voices who could have performed the roles. What's your view on that? Or maybe maybe you even have more inside, uh, you know, more of an inside uh, insider uh, view or opinion on it. First of all, why are so many uh, quote unquote foreign artists used in, in various parts of the world? Secondly, how do you go about preparing for something like this? Um, and, and who, who helps? And, and, and yeah, just your view on it, basically. People have been singing in languages that they don't understand for a long <laughs> time, um, or at least languages that they, they have only a real surface comprehension of. 
Uh, my, my father sings in every language, you know, sort of, you know, mm-hmm. more than half the time he has no idea what he's saying, so, but it's but he, but he does it with a gusto. Yeah, I remember being in Andalusia and he sort of, you know, uh, uh, there was, uh, we were at a restaurant and there was a band and they were singing and there were guitars and everything and sort of my my father goes up to, to, the, to, the, to the guitarist and sort of says sort of, I want to sing a, a song to my wife and, and they're like, oh, okay. And sort of, you know, and, 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 and he goes and they're like, do you know Bissam? I and mean, they're like, do we know Bissam? You know, so we know Bissam. And so my father just busts out and so Bissam, Bissam, mucho. And then, and then sort of, you know, that's pretty much all you could understand. That he has a great voice. Um, he was a violinist, so he, he knows music. He's, you know, he's carrying a tune, but it's just blah, 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 blah. You know, sort of, and, and he's, <laughs> and the musician just like, this is great. And sort of, you know, he's like, he's like jamming the whole, you know? <laughs> I think you put your fingers on it. That's it's 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 a kind of smoke and mirrors question. I mean, it's a sort of secret among singers, but um, gusto covers all manner of of sins. You can get a lot done with 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 believing with attitude. In yourself. Yes, yeah. But it's um, gonna make a difference in a musical. It's gonna make what? a difference in a speaking role. It's gonna. I, I saw the 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 Lion King here in Hamburg as well, and 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 again, oh, what a brilliant production! What an amazing production! Sure. And 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 uh, the voices and the costumes and the, everything just wonderful. The only thing that annoyed me was were, were the accents. How strong sort of when when speaking, it's just sort of. God. They were surely there there could be something done there <laughs> um I, I can't speak to a musical theater education because they didn't have one but i can tell you that in opera and this is where the smoke and mirrors comes in there's a magical thing and the magical thing is called the international phonetic alphabet ipa and um english teachers many of them know it or uh, teachers of languages sure, will, sure. will know it but outside of that it, it's not terribly widely known and the IPA is this really fantastic invention where you you take a, a single symbol and one symbol represents one sound. Sure. This might seem a little... No, no, uh, no, absolutely. Would, I mean, to languages like Spanish, uh, people might be thinking, well, of course, one letter represents one sound. But I, then we go I, to I English. Or... But then we go to English <laughs> where one letter can represent nine sounds if you come from, from certain places. And... But the idea being that you can then transcribe language in a way that you don't even have to understand uh, but that you pronounce it what, properly. what you're saying, it, but you can end up pronouncing it properly. This is how many uh, actors learn to do accents, for example. It's not just a question of, well, if I want to do a Southern American accent, I listen to someone from Alabama and then I mimic it. Well, no, if you, you're writing if, it if phonetically, you, write, if you want to do it right, you write it out phonetically and then you just have to read back what you've written and it sort of, it pours out of you, <laughs> uh, uh, with, uh, without your, your, your trying. Well, well, I haven't experienced this anywhere else. I mean, I, I, you know, when I lived in France, I, everything was performed in French, in, in French, in the States, everything's in English. I mean, sort of, uh, I haven't really experienced this much uh, a foreign language being spoken by the or, or artists of foreign uh, origin as, uh, performing. Do you think it's maybe sort of a, a, a bit of a problem with, with the German as well? I mean, German is very difficult to pronounce. So, so these performers that, you, that you're these talking These performances about, that I'm were, talking about particularly, they were speaking German. Okay. So they were from all over the world. Um, I think in this, in the Cirque du Soleil, I think she's Dutch. Or the, the 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 performer that I'm speaking of, but um, I think in the Lion King there were a lot of performers that were uh, American and, and Australian, and um, but sort of you know sort of I mean it, it's not not one particular country, but that is it perhaps that that German is so difficult to pronounce, or is it um, is I, it that there that in Germany there are so many foreign artists? I think it's pro- it's perhaps both of those things. I mean, uh, certain elements of the German language, uh, if if not unique, they are they are rare. Things like the ich laut, um, is, the us and the es, the us and the es, and 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 those can be. Um, if you don't sit down with uh, with this phonetic alphabet and and hammer your way through it, mm. then if if I say to you, just repeat after me, and and then you get I don't know. Uh, uh, this would be uh, 
You've got a G and an N sitting up next to one another who have no business being next to one another in most <laughs> languages. You have an U and all sorts of crazy things going on. This is just the sort of thing that, that requires practice. You don't have to, I think, be a fluent speaker of the language to pronounce the language beautifully. I think this is this is pretty much a fact. Uh, opera singers make a, a living out of singing in f- four, if not five languages. At most, they probably speak two of them mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but so 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 how would you explain this? Uh, how can something like that happen with something like the Cirque du Soleil or or Lion King or you know, um, which, which are sort of really professional quality productions? Is it just not that important? Am I just is it is it a professional malformation? You know that I pay too much attention to to <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's to, to pronunciation and and and. and, and well, I don't. I don't want to overstep my my boundaries or my go beyond what I know. Um, I can only speak to opera, and opera singers are terrible actors, uh, often, often, and no one cares, um, and no one cares, mm. and and time is not taken to teach acting mm. in uh, in a standard opera education. Mm. So perhaps and this is just a theory. The but production itself was more important than the sort of the, well, the text. singing, is the, yeah, the sound, the, singing, yeah. the, the mm-hmm. pear-shaped tone, mm-hmm. the sound. And perhaps there's something similar in musical theater mm-hmm. where dancing is extremely important. You have to give Which a lot. Which they did an of amazing time. job. Yes, singing also well did a great job. Has to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then these uh, texts, the text, yeah, acting act, was not bad. <laughs> but, but you have to teach it. I mean, they they sure, have to. Sure. So there are only so many hours in the day, and by the by the time you've done acting, singing, dancing, dancing acrobatics, acro- and everything, yeah. Cirque du Soleil, or puppetry, like yeah, in Lion yeah, King, yeah, yeah. where is there time for? Hey, make sure you use a soft S <laughs> and not a not a hard S yeah. here. Mm-hmm. At the, yeah, mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you teach, for example. Uh, vocabulary classes through lyrics That's through right. so tell us a little bit about that how does that going to work how what how can i learn from from songs opera doesn't work for obvious reasons i mean it's 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 mostly not in english um when it is in english it's not very heavy on text so there's not much you can do with it if your point is to at the end of the day teach english if mm. that's if that's what you're trying to do but musicals are full of texts and some of the best musicals have, I think, some of the the best lyrical writing of the whole last century. Um, it's a it's a it's an overused phrase, but it is a treasure trove of clever words and crafty turns of phrase, uh, things that you won't find in really any other kind of music. Mm-hmm. And it's a common device among English teachers to use song. Uh, but they'll typically use pop songs, um, things that you can hear on the radio mm-hmm. uh, nowadays, which is fine to use. But for a more advanced class, you want something that goes beyond uh, hundreds of repetitions of the word love and baby and these kinds of things. So, uh, <laughs> And also, I think the students are, um, you know, everything that you can hear on, on, on the radio or on, on, on the Internet. And, and they're just so exposed to it. They know it. They, sure. they We recommend this. This is one of our study tips. Try to actually understand the lyrics. Don't just kind of have this, you know, passive uh, listening. Background and the, yeah, It's just yeah. background noise. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it's true that that's sort of they, they, they find this a lot more interesting. It's still kind of teaching them also culturally, like um, what possibly... Um, Possibly some kids today in America, or possibly their parents uh, mm. grew up with what 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 is part of 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 American cultural uh, musical cultural heritage. I mean, sort of. I know you have your your papers here in front of you, but sort of you know, My Fair Lady, The Sound of Music, The Wizard yes. of Oz. Yeah. The, I mean, it's just like there is just a list of older musical movies or 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 There's... musicals that that belong to 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 the to the culture. There's a scene in the movie Jerry Maguire where um, that the cute little boy, there's a party at Renee Zellweger's house and she has <laughs> that cute little son and uh, some guy is at the party and he says to the kid who's not really paying attention, um, you got to listen to jazz. He says something <laughs> like jazz is the, the, the only true American musical form or yeah. musical art form, <laughs> something like that. Okay. And I remember seeing that and thinking, that's not true. 
<laughs> there's the American musical. You're completely forgetting the American yeah. musical. Yeah. So you're right. It's a if you want to tie it to American history, American culture, that's very easy to to do. Okay. So the texts are not just clever poems that we take a look at. There's a lot more that that you can tie into it. Absolutely, and and teach through that. So so give us an example of how you would approach teaching a class one one session uh, with with song lyrics specifically with musical lyrics. So each week I choose not a different musical um, or a different composer. I started organizing it that way and then found that it, it didn't really work. It wasn't really interesting. So and it's too fast. It's kind of skips through too fast and it's, it stays very superficial. It, it's sort of. Yeah. And you got to spend, you, you got to spend a huge amount of time saying, well, this is the composer. This is the composer's background. And I didn't yeah. want to spend too much time yeah. with that. So what I did was I chose a theme. One theme uh, might be uh, the pursuit of fame and why people are interested in it. And there are plenty of songs that go with that. Um, one theme is love but in its different expressions and for this theme i found that songs from my fair lady uh which is a classic musical that that i think everyone can enjoy um this uh, this theme of love was illustrated so well in several of the songs in just one musical so this is the only week uh in all of the semester where i do just one musical for the for the students my Fair Lady has examples of, uh, let's say, puppy love, naive <laughs> love. Um, uh, then a couple scenes later, there are songs that, that discuss a, a very hurt love, a, um, jaded, bitter, um, cynical approach to the silly business of love. And then finally, at the end, these two... Uh, marry, for lack of a better word, in a uh, an acceptance of love as neither the saccharine sweet version nor the uh, the the angry bitter approach to it. So the the first song we look at that does the 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 puppy love the, the puppy love the cupcakes and and rainbows <laughs> and unicorns is on the street where Better you live. Um, oh, yeah. A mm. great song. I, I think it's a fantastic song. Students always have a different reaction to it. Oh, it's all right. But why? Well, because it's... It seems like it's silly or that's, it's, it's, it's cheesy. Or... Well, it's, it's uh, to, to <laughs> our uh, sensibilities in 2019, it's beyond cheesy. It's, <laughs> it, it seems like a cliche of a cliche of, of what love <laughs> is supposed to look like. But uh, and it's also very creepy because in this song, uh, a, a man has seen a young woman at a public event, um, but barely talked to her, exchanged a few words with her. But it, and in this very short amount of time and small exchange, he falls madly, madly in love, yeah. right? And and um, uh, he then is so obsessed. That he finds out where she lives, and this is the creepy factor. He finds out where she lives, and he, uh, we have a stalking lawsuit right there. So. Yeah, and he, well, not with the intention of stalking. He knocks on her door, and um, this young woman, uh, in this uh, uh, public event where they met, she has really put her foot in it. She's made a big mistake, and she's so mortified that she says she's never going to speak to anyone uh, or be seen in public she, ever she's again. She's hiding out and. So Professor so, Higgins' house. That's right. And and Professor Higgins' maid says to the young man, Freddie, I'm sorry, but she never wants to see anyone again. And he says, oh, well, that's fine. I'll wait for her here out on the street. And the maid says, well, it might be quite a while. And he says, that's fine. I'll, I'll drink in the street where she lives. So he does. <laughs> he just hangs out on the street and he sings this, this delightful, beautiful song with a great melody, but it's there's nothing behind it. It's just... Beauty. Puppy love. It's just, it's just butterflies. Oh, isn't it great? Right. Okay. And and there's nothing behind it. And I think that's the intention of the of the writers, Lerner and Lowe, is 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 to to present this sweet feeling that we all had around the ages of 16, 17, 18, 
before it before they turn a little so, sour. So I know you 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 were uh, thinking of playing the song for for us, and we were really worried about copyright uh, right, laws. Yeah. So so um, I don't think anybody anybody from My Fair Lady, if you're listening, uh, yes, please, right. we're just advertising your movie. It's a great uh, movie. Everybody should buy it. And <laughs> would you mind humming this song for for? For so, a listener, just, just, just maybe like sort of one of the stanzas, one of the, just kind of how, so we get an idea if, if someone doesn't know it, just an idea of what, how we. So it's extremely lilting. I have often walked down this street before, but the pavement always stayed beneath my feet before. All at once am I several stories high, knowing I'm on the street where you live. And you're doing exactly, you're, you're sort of... And I was swaying, wasn't head. I? I was kind of swaying. And that's exactly, <laughs> I think, their intention. That was exactly what they were hoping the audience would do. Um, uh, uh, goodness, I mean, we live in Germany. You almost, it's like linking arms in a, in a beer hall. <laughs> October and, first, Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Um, you hear three notes, you know exactly where it's going. Um, the, there are no surprises in this music. Um, uh, in fact, um, what I just sang is then repeated uh, with a different text. There's a, a small middle section that does something a little bit different, but doesn't get too crazy, and then goes right back to where to it was. Hmm? This is... Uh, a, what you might call an AABA uh, format. Um, it's basically a pop song. It's a modern pop song. In fact, modern pop songs are even more complicated than this because typically they'll have a verse, chorus, verse, chorus, then the bridge, and again, verse, chorus. Here we just have verse, verse, bridge, verse. But it's... Uh, and I think that's also interesting for the students to to sort of relate to I mean, historically or like 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 we said sort of culture wise for them to understand um not just musicals but i know i know you've done classes on still on opera as well um um right. to, for them to actually relate to it to understand the times to understand how it was perceived as a pop song how i think that's also really important to their general education well even and and even if it's if it it, it may or may not have been perceived as a pop song by the audience at the time, but because uh, we're talking the, the 1950s, but certainly people in the audience, seasoned opera goers, many of them, they would have heard this as simple music that was meant to be simple. That was the, the it was, and in, in many ways, this is almost Wagnerian, the idea that, that what the orchestra is doing, the music itself, without the text that is being played, is sending just as many, if not more, messages uh, as the words that the person is actually singing. Okay. Um, and he asks silly questions that we only ask ourselves when we feel this way. He says, are there lilac trees in the heart of town? Can you hear a lark in any other part of town? Well, of course there are lilac trees in other parts of London. This is <laughs> London we're talking about. Yes, there are other birds in other streets in London. But... <laughs> When you feel this sort of infatuation, it, you you have blinders on. It's it's as though the world exists to express your love and what you're feeling. Not to get on a tangent, but but do students relate to this type of love? Do, what's your experience? Oh, how, I, how do they do? Do they do they go? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Or or do they do they seem you know, sort of is, is that just strange? Well, the concept is so. It's funny. That's a good question. It's funny because you. Uh, we go. We always go through the text first, and, and you just check for any vocab questions and and uh, some of the vocab they have to to take a test on later. So we we work on those, answer any questions, and then I play the song, and you can see the, the rolled eyes and the the you hear the uh, sort of sounds coming from them, but they also laugh because it's cheesy and recognizable, um, and the song's about three minutes long. By the time you get past the bridge into the last verse, people are swaying and moving their heads just as you were doing before. And they sort of surrender to the the sweetness of it. It's really an irresistible tune. And and then and then I asked them, has any have you, fe- have you felt this yeah, way? Yeah. Has anyone Without giving this? away too many intimate details, no, have of you course, felt yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Please don't tell us about your last boyfriend. Or... No, well, well, <laughs> the, the class can get a little psychological. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I try to avoid it as much as possible, but we are talking about feelings. I, I hear you. It's, it's oftentimes with, with students, they want to tell you their, their, their whole life story. Their life sometimes. But, <laughs> um, and, uh, but no, everyone, everyone usually agrees 
because remember, these are these people in class are 18, 19, 20 years old. So for many of them, this feeling is not a, 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 a memory from long past. This is something oh, that, that, that may true. even still be relative. Carl, we're getting fresh. old. I mean, for, for... I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, I guess I guess it is the type of love you're feeling as a young adult, as a as sort of, you know, 16 to 25. Or, or I don't know. I don't want to put a put an age limit on it, but but it's it's an innocent, um, light, free uh, and, and a little bit insane okay, sort of feeling. Okay. And and I think when I bring that out, then then they recognize it. The, so the these lines about how there can't be other trees or birds in other parts of London, just where my love lives. They they say, well, yeah, I remember it, it feeling. I, some people have said that they thought that uh, flowers had a, a more prominent color in, in when where, they were in love. Oh, and and their favorite yeah. songs sounded better. That's and, true. So they understand this, this mild insanity that, that accompanies that people have feeling. been talking about for thousands of years with mm. this feeling. Yeah. So how? So what's the language effect? How? So, so, so since we do try to teach the language mm. uh, mostly, how? What? What are? What are the students going to learn from from this particular song now? Well, uh, first and foremost, the class is a vocabulary class. The idea is that the students who come in already speak a relatively high level of English, but we want to get some juicy vocabulary in there. And we want to especially get them beyond uh, old habits uh, of basic emotional communication. Happy, sad, tired, angry. These are all fine, but you can do better than that. Not at C1. <laughs> yes, right, exactly. Uh, there's one line here. Um, and oh, the towering feeling, just to know somehow you are near. Towering is a word that they haven't heard but certainly they know the word tower. And when you play the music at this point, the strings sweep upward in a huge scale. Towering. Towering, <laughs> right. It's, so uh, I try to use the music in that way to, to, to show. To exemplify, this is, yes, to exactly. support the meaning. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so, so would you, for example, then give other examples of how they could use towering uh, uh, in, their, in their actual life? That's a good way that, that you can go about it. I've, I've always... I've been extremely lucky in the groups that take the class in that everybody is pretty communicative. Um, in fact, there are often two or three people I have to sort of... <laughs> wait your turn, wait your like turn. <laughs> yeah, right? You, um, so, uh, so instead of... Overzealous students. <laughs> sure, which, which are great to have. But so what I do is I try to say, do you know what he's talking about here? Have you had this experience yourself? And in that way, the students... They come up with their own examples. Um, uh, and, oh, I, I felt towering uh, the day when when I, I got my degree. Or they can give their own their own example. Or perhaps when they they the person they love told them that they loved them back. And so towering, you you break it down. Towering in this case is an adjective. The towering feeling. Um, most students will come in knowing what a tower is. That's that's not a problem, uh, as in a, a tall building. But it's new for them to see this word as malleable. You can use it as a verb. Uh, the the tall man towered over everyone else in the room. Or the exam that I had, uh, the stress towered over me. The, these sorts of uses. You can also use. Uh, uh, towering here as an adjective, a towering feeling uh, or emotion that I had when I passed my exams that were so difficult, or, or bought my house, bought or, my house, mm -hmm. got my driver's license. Exactly. These sorts of, mm -hmm. of instead of just saying I was so happy again and yes. again, so right, right. sort of it was a mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right, and uh, and then actually you can you can put that back into the context of the song uh, that uh, look young man, you're in love. Is towering really the word that 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 describes this emotion? The thing is, it, it, he thinks it it's apt and accurate, but we know from the perspective of the audience that he's just uh, lovesick. And, uh, exactly. okay. and you can only know this if you've uh, uh, if you know the meanings and the uses of the word. 
Okay. So that's one way that we put it together. So uh, is there is there other vocabulary that would come out of, of this uh, of this just this one song? Sure, there are also some some more mundane things. Um, uh, But they can be used in, in everyday life absolutely. and also in, 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 in for their studies and for their travels abroad or right. future careers. Or In the first stanza, uh, uh, the words pavement and stories. Ah, um, mm -hmm. Many students uh, would be unfamiliar with, with these words. Um, They might know sidewalk or, or, or street, or, but not, not pavement, right? Mm -hmm. okay. um, and uh, stories. to oh, use yeah. story as in the stories of a building. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Second story floors. Mm -hmm. yeah, as in floors of a building. Oh wow, we can use that. That's a mm -hmm. right? and and they've never they've never heard of this before. Or some might say, I saw that once in a news article, and I had no idea what they were talking mm -hmm. about. So then, because you wouldn't you wouldn't talk about a, a seven floor building, you would talk about a seven, a seven story, story building. building, exactly. Right, mm -hmm. right, right. Um, uh, relatively simple uh, everyday sorts of words that uh, sort of uh, don't get caught in the net of of your standard language class, a verb like tpur, which is an extremely useful verb, uh, uh, this this comes up in the song, um, does enchantment pour out of every door. So you start with, and many of them don't know simply that pour means to transfer liquid from one <laughs> vessel to another. So you start with that, the, the basic meaning, and then we discuss what it means here, uh, the pouring in the sense of... of uh, It does enchantment pour out of every door. Does it? Does it? Does yeah, it flowing leak or out, flow yeah. or weep out of? Yeah, you can hear it in the in the the sounds of the word. Right. Does so, so creativity pour could out pour out of exactly. you, or thoughts could pour out of you, or the words just poured out of you, or uh, in in a sense of of a, a dam breaking, or or right, exactly. things being almost uncontrollable. Right. Yeah. Right. right. Or the the association of ideas poured out, or anything. It, it could all. It, it's just something that starts all of a sudden, you, and then you you lift the barrier, and it just it comes just out. comes out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, 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 walk me through the rest. Of some, for example, this one session that you would be teaching now uh, with these particular lyrics. You, we have the the one song on the puppy love, and and then you, you right. Know. Then, so then we come. Uh, students, uh, uh, they enjoy that one, and I say, okay. Well, now we're going to change completely. And remember, because these are are people eighteen, nineteen, twenty, they often haven't uh, had their first real heartbreak yet. And I, I don't want them to. That's not the point. But um, s some people have the reaction to a broken heart that they they dismiss the, uh, any attempts at further romance or further love. I mean, you can really get jaded if you have your heart broken pretty badly. And uh, uh, the main male character in this musical, Professor Higgins, Um, he's asked by a friend of his uh, if he uh, has good intentions uh, as far as the main female character is concerned. Uh, well, what's the character? General pick, pick, Pickering. Pick, Pickering is Pickering, his, Pickering, is his Pickering. That's right, that's right. And the colonel says to the professor, do you have good intentions as far as this woman is concerned? And Higgins laughs this off and he says, have you ever met a man with good intentions? Where ah! And launches into this diatribe of... of Uh, uh, that that shows us nothing so much as his hurt and, and from previous relationships. Yes. So it's a list, uh, a laundry list of <laughs> negative and, but also I have to say, very funny stereotypes about how silly women are and the idea <laughs> of love. It's all it's all terrible. Uh, he gives examples. You want to talk of Keats or Milton. She only wants to talk of love, right? So men, men are nothing but philosophers and thinkers. Uh, what do they say here in Germany? Dichter, Denker und yeah, yeah. But but, uh, but certainly a woman would never be interested in, in that sort of, uh, of language. So how, how do students react to this? I mean, this is very highly controversial. It is, this it is. is just, and, I can imagine the students being up in arms. And, 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 and it, as it happens, I've had mostly women in my class. And um, half of them, I, I think... They have a smile on their face and they they laugh at it. Some even they they recognize themselves uh, in this stereotype. <laughs> but but let me say this is I mean one of my favorite lines in all of anything is isn't this in this song is is in okay, this song okay. um, 
make a plan and you will find she has something else in mind. And so rather than do either, you do something else that neither likes at all, which I think you don't have to be a man or a woman to understand. Anyone who's been in any kind of relationship. Say that one more time. <laughs> make a plan and you will find she has something else in mind. And so rather than do either, you do something else that neither likes at all, which we've all experienced on a Friday night when you say you're... To your, to your partner, hey, do you want Italian or Chinese? And then... Yeah, you get it, end up getting Greek and no one wanted to. Yes, after fighting for 15 minutes about Italian and Chinese. So that's... Uh, um, so those, those, I guess, are gender neutral and everybody can recognize themselves in that and laugh about that. But even even the, 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 the gender stereotypes, I think it's, it, 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 it provides a great platform for discussion. It discuss. provokes. Right. It's, it's, and then you can put it into perspective and you can discuss it and you can disagree with it. Mm. I think it's, right. So, so would you mind performing part, sure, of, yeah, part yeah. of this song for us? <laughs> Actually, this one's easy because, Poor Carl. <laughs> no, no, because this one's easy. This role was made famous by uh, Rex Harrison. Um, who, I don't know if, I really don't know if he couldn't sing or he wasn't confident in the singing, but he does a sort of Sprechstimme, yeah, a sort it's of not, yeah, speaky, yeah. singy thing, right? So that's easy to reproduce. He says, an average man am I of no eccentric whim who likes to live his life free of strife, doing whatever he thinks is best for him, just an ordinary man. And at, and at this point... The music is lots of flutes and triangle, and it's just the sweet. You can see the cupids flying behind. And then he goes, but let a woman in your life and your serenity is through. She'll redecorate your home from the cellar to the dome, then go on to the enthralling fun of overhauling you. So the, <laughs> this, this patter um, that, that I think de- students are not used to hearing, the, this rapid fire business of, of words um uh this sort of shocks Excuse people it startles them and, and the music has a, has a massive yeah, smack in it exactly, yeah, 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 yeah it really does yeah um uh and then all of the flutes and triangles are replaced by ag- aggressive strings and and all uh, i try to teach these classes uh to students who don't have musical backgrounds so we don't look at any music but i do try to talk about instruments and what you hear and what's sure. going on in the background sure. right um, but this is full of fantastic vocabulary. Uh, eccentric, whim, strife, serenity, cellar, dome. Um, these are all words that are found and used not only in, in I don't want to say esoteric poetry, but also something that people can use to color their own lives and, and their, their own... Their language. Their, their own language. Absolutely. Um, the way they express themselves. I mean, sort of regardless of what field, it's... Uh, something else that's interesting too. Often students know a word in their own language. Um, most most of our students speak German, but we also have many French speaking students uh, or Spanish, uh, Japanese, Spanish, Italian, Chinese, Italian. Mm-hmm. With East Some Asian Russian. languages, mm-hmm. it's not quite so so serendipitous. But a word like eccentric is a word that exists in most European languages, and students just were not aware that this word existed in more or less the same form in English. Mm-hmm. Well, here you go. Now here's a brand new word for you, and you don't need to learn it from scratch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, whim is a word that comes up in several of the songs. I did not plan this, but it comes out through all the semester, and students always leave my class But it's a great word, isn't is. it? Because I did it on a whim, or, you know... To do something or... without thinking... Mm-hmm. Uh, without uh, uh, planning or considering or caring about the consequences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you can ask, tell me about a time when you did something on a whim. Mm-hmm. Um, give me an example of... We can't go with all his whims. Or... Uh, sure. Or give me an example of of a business that has been uh, started or, or failed uh, because of decisions made simply on a whim mm-hmm. and it, people will bring up the example of Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak and their garage sure, and these, sure, these sorts sure, of things. Sure. Enthralling is another word that, that just happened to come up several times in the It's a great word, semester. isn't it? Enthrall. Mm-hmm. Enthralling to be, to be so focused on something that you lose the ability to regard other things around you. You, you are, you are stuck on this one idea. You, it's beyond. Enthralled. It's beyond focus. Yeah, you are you are held in prison by a single notion uh, uh, that that you cannot let go of. Mm-hmm. Um, and and these are universal ideas. I can teach this class without reverting to German, without using other languages. 
Uh, first of all, I have to because they come from everywhere. Many, as you say, come from China and Japan, and I certainly can't help anyone out there. But these words are are such that you can uh, everyone understands them. Absolutely. Everyone has had these experiences and felt these before. Absolutely. Uh, let's go on to the last one. So uh, we've had uh, puppy love. We've had bitter, cynical, forget about it approaches to love. Now the same professor who was so bitter a few moments uh, ago at the end of the play realizes that almost to his frustration that this young woman has grown on him and he has indeed fallen in love with her. But he's far too urbane and interesting to say something as silly as I'm in love. So he says, I've grown accustomed to her face. Uh, and, and I and and I I always get a kick out of after introducing this title. I I, I ask because it's usually the young women in my class. I, I isn't isn't this your dream, ladies, for a man for a man to tell you? How, I just got accustomed how, how to accustomed, your face. Yes, yeah, right. Like a like a wart on your foot that's. That would be more painful. Can't be removed. To, yeah, right. So, well, I'll just, you know, if I get the right kind of shoes, then I guess I can live uh, with it. Okay. Um, and this is a kind of love song that that they've, that maybe they haven't come across before, and and that's 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 fun okay. for people is okay. to introduce these new things. Um, so, so tell me about some other uh, musicals or other uh, sessions that you've had. I know I was in your class when you were teaching Jesus Size uh, Superstar. Uh, are any of your other any other musicals or any of the other sessions that sort of seem particularly that were particularly fun or particularly uh, useful or you know? Well, there's there's one that's super fun for for me, and uh, I sort of snuck it in in the second or third semester that I did this class um, as an experiment, and I. I so far, it's gone very well. Um, uh, it's from an opera, actually, by John Adams. The opera is called Nixon in China, and it is what it says it is. It's an opera about how in the 1970s, uh, Nixon, who was who was virulently anti-communist, uh, went and visited Mao and Chou Enlai in China, the first sitting president to go. Uh, <laughs> uh, and it, it, in many ways, this event opened China to be the China that, that we know of today as this emerging world power. Okay. Um, uh, and there's an opera about it. And and uh, it's written in the 1980s, about 10 years after the fact. Um, the music is, if you're not used to it, it's, it's quite strange. It's what's known as minimalist uh, music, where the same notes and tones are repeated umpteen times again and 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 the idea is that you you ignore the repetitions and it becomes a kind of carpet of sound and I always say to the students have you ever repeated a word so many times that it lost meaning that it didn't mean anything anymore um but there's also a fabulous text by Alice Goodman uh the libretto to this opera is you can you can simply read it at home for enjoyment. It's a marvelous piece of writing. And this week I get to bring in short video presentations about the historical significance of this event. As luck would have it, I've often had Chinese students in the class and uh, they've got a lot to add and a lot lot to say about because this event is is highly meaningful for their history as well as mine. And, um, and I get to introduce music that I hope they've never heard before. And that's that's so much fun. Anything you can perform from that? Nothing. Not no. really. No. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I mean, yeah. we look at at one aria. It's called "News Has a Kind of Mystery." Strange title, but Nixon has just gotten off the plane. The character of Nixon is is utterly concerned with himself and his image and how he comes across. Mm-hmm. And he gets off the airplane, and at the bottom of the stairs is Chou Enlai. This is in Beijing, Peking. They call it. And um, Chou Enlai, the, the premier of China at the time, he shakes his hand and they exchange small talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, how was your flight? Mm-hmm. Basic sort of thing. But because this small talk is being captured by all of the world's cameras and microphones, um, Nixon in, in this aria waxes 
uh, on about what it means that this simple exchange has now been broadcast to the entire world. And all we did was shake hands and talk about really nothing at all. But every historian uh, and newscaster will discuss this event uh, for mm -hmm. who knows who knows how long. It's, mm -hmm. it's etched into mm -hmm. human consciousness now because it was filmed. He sings news and he says it over and over. News, news. News, 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 news has a, has a, has a kind of mystery. And when you play this, the students giggle. They go, what is this? Uh -huh. They sort of look at each other. <laughs> um, but as it goes on, people really start to get interested in it. Because you begin to hear the, just as with all the other musicals, you hear the music itself illustrating this man's obsessive character and and then you're off to the races and you can discuss obsession and and image we talk about instagram and facebook and mm -hmm. and what sure. it, what it means to have a public persona and this is something that you can teach to someone regardless of how well versed they are in 20th century american history mm -hmm. um or in 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 minimalist music mm -hmm. by composers like john adams or philip glass okay so. okay Any last words? Any any advice for our students? Any have good questions. There's nothing that 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 gets me going more in a positive way than when someone has a genuine, well thought, well considered question. That that those are and I th and I think some people don't trust themselves as as yeah. I think students students should really... should not hesitate to ask. No, please, <laughs> please, 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 please. Yeah. Oh, so and I. I try to do that as much as possible too. Sometimes maybe I ask too many questions no. and some people to figure it out. But <laughs> no. Carl, thank you. This has been great. Thanks. Thank you so much, Carl. You're such a brilliant teacher. Thank you for all of your insights and for a really fun interview. And thank you all for listening. Make sure to follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram. This is Dr. J signing out.